you know, and I think there's some interesting projects going out there in the world, you know, to try and make audio more transparent, you know, transcription, try and try and get those things out there so that it's more searchable and more findable. But like, and often it's just a it's a black box, and without doing that heavy lifting. You know, I think you're you're kind of, kind of confining your your audio to just you know live in obscurity. Welcome to It's All Journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell once again with another podcast about digital journalism. On the phone with me today is a former podcast guest, sort of, and a, and a new journalism friend, Tiffany Campbell, executive editor of WBUR. Um, Boston's NPR news station. Hey, Tiffany, good to have you on the uh, podcast again. Great to be here. Okay. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and, and the reason I'm saying you were sort of a former podcast guest is that uh, the podcast you were on was the one that you and I uh, recorded for the Online News Association conference in September. We, we were doing a presentation about how to start a podcast. And actually, the audio first appeared on the ONA website, and I ended up putting it uh, as one of our episodes. So... You know, in kind of a roundabout way, yes, you were you were a, a, an official guest of our, our podcast. But uh, this podcast is kind of a sort of a wrap up of that uh, about our thoughts about a presentation, and uh, also about O and A, but also some of the other stuff that we've been up to. So, well, first of all, how, how did you think uh, our presentation went? What did you think of the response to it? I I thought it went well. You know, I was really interested in like the kind of the diversity of um, backgrounds and like perspectives that people were coming from. I think that's always exciting. It kind of just shows how, for lack of a better word, democratized audio um, has has become. You know, it's a lower barrier to entry, and it's just kind of a thing that's gotten very you know popular. A lot of people are interested in it. A lot of organizations are getting interested in it. So I thought that was great. Um, I think one of the best. One of the most interesting questions that we got, I think, a couple of times was, you know, what is a podcast and let's define a podcast. And it seems so basic, but that's um, that's something that the industry itself is kind of struggling with. So that was really fun to kind of discuss a little bit, too. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think, uh, you know, we did a pretty good job, I think, uh, of, of planning our podcast and we had sort of a framework. But once we got into it, as he thinks, these things always do, people started asking questions. And we had encouraged people at the beginning to ask questions, and they went ahead and did. And through, you know, took us lots of different directions. But there was, for me, it was, you know, to sort of echo what you were saying, there was a moment in there where there was a woman who was not American. Um, I wish I knew where she was from. But she just sort of stood up after we'd done sort of a good chunk of her presentation, and she just said, well, when has it become a podcast? And that, and that kind of stumped me for a minute. I mean, when does it become a podcast? When is it not audio online? Yeah, I had to. I had to actually think about that. Think about it too, and um, in in the moment, because it's like we spend a lot of time talking about it, and I think it's it's really clear organizationally, you know, for us, like what's a podcast and what isn't. But I think like out there in like the open world, yeah, it's a it's a much different question. Um, I think the answer that I landed on um, that I think that the more I think about it, um, it was kind of a spontaneous answer, but it, it's it's one that I um, I stand by, which is that the, it's the kind of the act of subscription, right? Um, it's a it's a regular thing that you are subscribing to that's that's delivered to you in, in some way or, or fashion. Now, I think 
there's some wiggle room within that definition. Um, and certainly it's, you know, some podcasts are go on forever and are, you know, every week, just like a regular, you know, television show. And some are more of like a, a series, you know, that has a, that has a run that ends um, and has, you know, subsequent seasons. Um, but, but that was something that felt right to me. But it's interesting because it's, it's less than audio, just audio online, and it's really more about the delivery platform, which I think, which I think it's interesting. Yeah, and, and I actually I took a, a similar – I think I gave a similar answer, but it was also maybe a little bit more philosophical because I sort of sat, sat back and thought about it a bit. And the way I see it is a podcast is a promise you make to your audience. And the podcast becomes a podcast or the audio becomes a, a, a podcast when you have fulfilled that promise, whether it's, you know, I'm going to produce 10 episodes here and when I'm done with the 10 episodes and I, I produce them and I put them online, then it's a podcast. Or if it's a weekly podcast, you know, I, you make this contract with your, your audience. I'm going to be here every week talking about X and, you know, it's a f- fulfillment of that. Um, I feel because I, I, I wanted to sort of include the whole production process, but also, you know, that connection. And you kind of allude to that where you, you have an end game with the uh, with the listener uh, to access your, infer- you know, what you've done and listen to it. It's it's the it's really now that I think about it, it's the tree falling in the forest. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it really is because I remember getting started like in in digital journalism, uh, you know, a million years ago, and uh, you know, working with audio for the first time. And I, you know, remember distinctly having this conversation with someone. Um, you know, this is back along, you know, the first cycle when first or second cycle when when podcasts got very popular. And it was just like, you know, a podcast is, is just an MP3 on the Internet. You know, that's all it is. <laughs> uh, I remember just having this conversation, like, it, it's just a piece of audio. Um, but now, you know, I think things have really um, progressed and matured. You know, it's not, it's not just a podcast because it's an iTunes, you know, like the whole – so many options are opening up now, um, too. And so in some ways, it, it matters very much. And in other ways, it kind of matters, like, not at all. Like, it's not something to get too worked up about. Um, like, I think, like you're saying, like a promise, it's just it, it can be really what you decide that it is, for sure. Yeah. And I think there needs to be some sense, for me, of audience engagement. And whether that's, you know, again, you know, you've you've made this promise to, to, to post something a particular time, or maybe it's it's your engagement in an ongoing way with your audience that, you know, you're, you're creating sort of this dialogue uh, that so much of the podcast isn't just a broadcast thing per se. It's also a sort of a dialogue thing where you, you, you bring these topics out there for discussion and maybe you foster uh, some feedback from your audience through social media or whatever. And, and then that kind of grows that it's not just one thing. It's, it's sort of an ongoing growing Garden of ideas, a garden of audio, I guess. I don't know. That's, that's, yeah, I think that's a great way to think about it. That's well, and that's how I'm thinking about it. So there. So anyway, <laughs> I, you know, I, I had a really good time at, at ONA. Uh, I didn't stay the entire three days, but uh, I did get to sit in on a few presentations. I got to talk with a lot, uh, a number of people. That the day after our presentation, I did a, a table talk about podcasting and a pretty good reception of uh, people coming in who had been at our presentation, but also other people who just w- saw that I was there, had my equipment out, and they were asking all types of technical questions. Some people very much wanted to find out how they could do how could they could do their own podcast. Others wanted to, uh, you know, just sort of figure out what this podcasting thing is. Uh, I did have, <laughs> between the sessions, I had uh, a woman from a large metropolitan newspaper, uh, uh, an editor type, 
um, a news editor type at a large metropolitan newspaper, sit down next to me uh, before the second session started. And she was asking me, well, what is it you're doing? And I said, podcasting. And she just kind of looked at me and said, well, I don't think podcasting is what I need. And she got up and she walked away. I'm like, oh, okay. It's a fair clarity. It's fine. Fine. Well, I don't want to try to sell you something you don't need. There's plenty of Everybody's other... got enough to do, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot to do. So I, you know, I did be whatever. You know, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, um, so the other thing I wanted to sort of get into this dialogue about about our podcast and about our presentation is I had attempted to uh uh, record our presentation. I was going to do it as a second half uh, podcast, and, and unfortunately, the the audio was kind of screwy. Um, there was somebody else who had uh, recorded the audio off their computer, and, and I may be able to work some of that into this particular podcast here. If I don't, well, that's because the audio wasn't of, uh, of a good enough quality. But so, I, a good lesson, a good lesson in podcasting, right there. Yes, frankly. <laughs> yes. And I had, and I had my headphones on, and I listened to it, and it sounded really great. But there was this, there was this huge buzz all the way through it, and just it was, it was, it was crazy. So. It was like, uh, okay, we'll move on. So we can't. That's the other thing about about podcasts. You just you just move on and go on to other things. So enough of podcasting. Let's let's talk about what's been going on with you. Now you were just te- you were telling me that uh, you uh, at WBUR you guys have had a or you're in the middle of or you're just finished a, an updating of your website. Yes. Oh, I wish we had just finished it. But no, I would say we're like deep in the throes of, uh, <laughs> of you know, the final stretch. I mean, well, not the final stretch, the final, the end of the beginning. How about that? That's the okay. way someone phrased it to me. Um, so we've been kind of involved in a long process. It's something that, you know, we, we refer to at, in like shorthand as the redesign. Um, but it's really been like a complete, you know, re-architecture of our platform. Mm-hmm. Um about a year ago, maybe a little bit more, um, we were really talking about the fact that we had just outgrown. Um, yeah. You know, like our website was just really not working for us. We were um, we were running um, a WordPress site. You know, we still are like a multi-site uh, WordPress install, and and we had I think at last inventory something like you know, fifteen, seventeen different um, properties. Oh, and we only had and only two developers. Um and so what had happened is that uh and we have no uh no design team here at WBUR. So, you know, over the course of, of the last couple of years it was most expedient when we had a new initiative, a new property, a new vertical, you know, whatever it might be, that we would spin up a new site. Um and that was really easy until we got to this tipping point where um you know, it was just impossible to maintain. You know, you're in the situation where it's like, you know, you're building something for one property, it's not working for another. Uh, sometimes I like to call it carbon dating because you could see when each site had been designed, like in maybe what year, <laughs> you know, how long it had been maybe not touched. And so, you know, we had just were really struggling. And I think the, the biggest thing that we also were talking quite a bit about is that when you took a look at our site um, and you tried to stack it up against uh, other sites is that we weren't really showcasing what we do best and what our core is. And, you know, our core is, you know, great audio right. and great audio production. And when you looked at our site um, – I won't quote this person directly, but they said, you know, it's like you're kind of looking like a, a you know, a newspaper site, but one that is not um, maybe show, but 
doesn't have all the breath, you know, we don't have 400 right. reporters behind us and, and, and that kind of thing. So we really decided to, like, take a look at, um, well, what if we redesigned this site around audio? Um, or if not around it, uh, you know, at least make it a first-class citizen the way text and visuals are. So we kind of started out with those two premises. Uh, is also um, with the idea that we would start looking at things around making um, digital membership more meaningful, and just a complete overhaul that way. So it's really like a re-architecture of our site. So we have been embarking, you know, we've embarked on that, like, journey, and it's, you know, it's taken, as all things do, you know, it's taken a little bit longer than we would have (laughs) liked. I think there's never a redesign that comes in early, (laughs) I don't think. Um, But what we've done is that I think we've done something really special, which is that we have, um, we're working on a, a beta version of our site right now, uh, that we hope to release to the public soon. Um, and we've we've built it in React.js. It's still going to run WordPress in the back. Um, and so it's, you know, super fast on mobile. Um, but what we've also done, some really interesting things around making it um, a much more audio-centric experience. Mm-hmm. And so that you're able to kind of more seamlessly stream, um, and that you're not really punished for pressing play. We often would talk about, like, the way that audio is presented online these days is, like, not that, really not that great of experience. I mean, on most news sites, it is some rectangular player that's, like, stuck in a page that was meant for an article, and, uh, and that's also kind of the end of the road. You know, you press play, you listen to however long this, this thing is, uh, and then you navigate away. And we know from our own analytics that it's not something that has been really um, – is not really terribly enjoyed on desktop. You know, we know that the use case is that, you know, someone opens up our live stream and probably, like, walks away from it, you know, from their laptop and has it playing in their kitchen or, you know, maybe when they're at work. Uh, but that, you know, we didn't really feel like was our way to, you know, conquer the world as we, as we would like to do. We also think that it's uh, our next big opportunity is really on mobile. Um, we think that, you know, I often like to think about listening um, and audio as a really uh, a mode, like you're in a certain mode to listen or not. It's not like other types of content that way. Like you're either available to listen or you're not. Um, so we really think that um, I really think that you know the mobile the mobile opportunities are are big. Um, we want to be able to not just replicate the experience of a radio. Like we think we need to be that solid for sure, um, but do all the kinds of things that you you know you can't do. We want to kind of bring the serendipity back into it. We want to um, make sure that we're giving you like an infinite playing experience and kind of at least do um, all the great things that are happening like in music streaming, for example. Yeah, and, and you you have a pretty vibrant uh, radio station as well. It's you know I, I want to sort of talk about our own experience here at Federal News Radio. Uh, We went through a redesign uh, just within the last few months. And uh, our sister station, uh, WTOP, the news station, which gets a ton of traffic, which is a, you know, big news station, radio station, but it also has a lot of traffic online, that, uh, you know, they were the main site. They they got their upgrade earlier. Um, You know, they got a lot of the bugs out of, um, that site, and then they we designed our site pretty much like their site in many ways, uh, and launched it uh, a few months ago. And it's a WordPress site. We had our own CMS site over the past few years, and there were a lot of problems with that. The main one being that it wasn't mobile friendly. It it uh, was not responsive design, and and you know one of the pushes to go into to WordPress is uh, for us was uh, to get to get a website that was more responsive. Uh, because we recognize that that mobile was a, a place where where our our readers or our listeners were going to be, 
but you know it's it's a little strange because and I've mentioned this a few times on the podcast federal federal news radio despite the fact that we have radio in our name uh, is actually most of the uh, people who access our news get it via our website. And because because primary this is this is another weird thing. It's like every every lesson that you can glean from somebody else's experience is completely different because you you have a your own weird set of circumstances. Our weird set of circumstances is that our primary audience are federal managers, federal federal employees who access our content on their desktops. So we see some mobile growth. But nowhere near as, as some of the other websites, no, certainly not as much as, as TOP and, and other websites that, that we're kind of aware of. So mobile isn't, isn't quite as big a play for us at this moment, although, you know, we know that down the road, that's where everybody's going to be. But, you know, looking at our analytics, realizing that a lot of our audience is going to be, you know, accessing us when, when they get into the office and they turn, up the, turn on their desktop or they'll be listening to us uh, from there, then it's like for us, you know, uh, the website design, the website experience is still part of, of you know, pretty much our planning and, and how we present our, our content. So, you know, it, we have to deal with that. The nice thing about yeah. The nice thing about mobile is, um, you know, it can be a much, you know, better experience or a much cleaner experience, I think, in many ways on mobile um, because it becomes almost – it becomes your player on a, on a phone or on a tablet. Whereas in the desktop, it's, you know, like you said, you, you, you're you sticking a player in a in a, uh, a frame that, that was really meant for a story. Well, we're kind of doing that, not as, as clumsily as we used to on our old site. It's It's much – smoother and nicer but you know it could be better if we were you know if we had a a mobile audience we can kind of anticipate that i I, yeah i i think that's exactly right and it's not to say that you know we've i think we've passed um you know about 60 percent of our audience is mobile so it's like we're certainly we're certainly there for for our purposes but that doesn't mean that the desktop has um you know right and i think I mean, the big thing is, is that like, well, it's kind of a yes and situation. Like now we have to do everything. We're not, we don't have the luxury of really saying, well, we're just going to focus on mobile or we're just going to focus on the desktop. And now we kind of have to do everything, which, you know, just adds, just makes it more challenging and more complex. Um, It's more, you know, in some ways it's very freeing though, like designing for mobile is exciting in the sense that you do get to just pare down and you get to think a lot about um, just how people use your product. I think in a way that... We didn't. Um, we weren't really thinking about when we were, you know, building a site around uh, text and images. You know, I think we have a lot of great models for like beautiful layouts for um, a reading experience and a visual experience. Um, but there was there weren't a lot of things that we could look at and say that is an amazing listening experience. Or even a, a, a great watching experience, really. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not that um, – I wouldn't say – video has a lot of the same challenges as audio. Um, many sites are a lot farther along, I think, in the development and kind of experimentation around video. But I think a lot of the same challenges exist. You know, it's all – it's a lot of boxes, <laughs> for lack of a better word. It's a lot of boxes and players. Yeah. And I think breaking out of that – that sense is, you know, that mode is kind of exciting to well, think about. Well, I thought that the NPR, the the main NPR site, uh, when they did their redesign and it was really, really audio focused, I thought it was a really, you know, clean and, and, and cool way to do it. And I think it pointed uh, to, for a lot of uh, websites like ours that are, you know, that are audio based for ways to sort of work that media in and in kind of a, you know, thinking about 
you know, what's your user experience for your, for your audio? What's, you know, at the end, you know, that's the nice thing about if you, if you are planning and you're designing strictly from a, a user experience standpoint, you know, mobile, you know, once you, you, you start looking and saying, okay, I want to make my content easily digestible, quick to get to, you know, make the user experience clean and crisp, you know, it, it makes a lot of decisions for you. Certainly in your story cho- choice, the way you tell your stories, uh, the way you mix in, you know, visual and, and audio and, and video elements into it, you know, it, it just sort of streamlines your process. If you just and, and it's also a good thing in general for a larger philosophical point about uh, online journalism. I mean, in the end, where you're going to succeed is where you, you give the best positive user experience possible. And so that's constantly thinking about how you're how your listener, how your reader is is consuming your content and designing for that, you know, putting your content in front of them in a place that they're going to want to find it easily. Exactly. And I think just, you know, watching um, the kind of the trends for what people are really gravitating to, like, you know, for example, the last couple of years, live was probably the most important thing we did. Like, you know, our live stream was just just critical, absolutely critical to our digital strategy. But we're seeing so much time shifting and so much, like, on-demand consumption and, like, certainly podcasts are powering a great deal of it. You know, we're really rethinking, you know, maybe what's most important and kind of really, like, what do pe- what do people really want, you know? And, and the reality is they want both. They want the ability, to, you know, for live um, when they want it, um, but they, you know, time shifting is a, is a real thing. And so we need to be completely rethinking kind of, like, how we're even rolling out our shows, you know, where they're available for how long all those things you know to kind of serve serve that audience so it's it's exciting it's really exciting um you know but there's definitely there's a lot to do and we have a long a long way to go for sure yeah and one of the nice nice things about public media is is you guys have got a an audience that that a a sort of membership mentality audience that they this is the club that they want to be a part of and and you're able to sort of design to that not that that's necessarily it's not that it's not a challenge for you to sometimes to to grow your audience and to grow your support um you know how does that help you or hurt you in what you're in what you're doing you know it's interesting because we talk a lot about like our super fans and so some of it is just about the products right so we think about like our app our app is really for you know people who are really passionate about wbur right um, in that sense, it's not. Um, it certainly has all our content in it, but um, it's not like a, a, a general news app, you know. In that sense, so we think of it that way, and then we think of you know maybe our website is more um, more of a place for like to cast to cast kind of a wider net. But that's a big piece of like what we're trying to think about in our redesign as well. Is that um, you know we have like all these verticals that get an enormous amount of traffic, um, but a lot of it unfortunately is you know what I always call like drive-by traffic in the sense of that, you know, people are coming from social, but they're, you know, a lot of them are still coming from Google or from various places. And so you land on it and there's nothing that really um, connects with the user that like, of like what we do, like what our model is and like who we are. It looks like just any other page, any other blog post on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that we're making that connection digitally in the same way that we do on air that like just say, hey, you know, you know, this is, this is, you know, we are WBUR, we are public media, um, you know, and this is kind of like the, the contract that we're in. You know, we're, we're never going to go behind a paywall. You know, we're never going to do those kinds of things. But we want to make sure that, like, our messaging is clear and that, like, we look distinctive so that people, um, 
that people can see, you know, at least what, what's going on and then make that decision. So we, we think about that a lot. And we certainly think a lot about what the experience for a member should be because, you know, we th- you know members want to connect with us in lots of different ways, you know, in person, you know, certainly online, you know, um, and all the various ways. So, like, it's very community-based model. And so we, we're just trying to think of, like, um, as people are, uh, you know, everyone's lives, lives are moving online, you know, and so we want to make sure that we're there in the same way that, like, the radio is a companion. Like, we need to make our digital projects, you know, products a companion for them as well. Um, and so that's kind of how we think about membership is, like, you know, like we're with you uh, in that sense, wherever you want to be. Is the majority the majority of your content? Does it come out of the audio that you create for your your shows, or do you do you do some sort of um, uh, digital only um, reporting? We actually do a lot of you know digital first or digital only um, reporting. Um, we have uh, several verticals that are um, primarily you know text based. So we have a um, a health blog that's. Very, very popular. It's run by um, two reporters. Uh, they do have a podcast now, but it's primarily a blog, you know, um, for many years. Uh, we have an arts and culture vertical that is, again, run by two writers and various contributors. And we have an op-ed vertical that is kind of powered by contributors um, that are, like, basically, you know, essays and um, and columns in that sense. So an uh, enormous amount of our traffic is um, is digital first. In terms of, like, digital audio that hasn't been on the air, that's part of, like, our, our podcast program. Um, we have, like, a... We have kind of a, well, it's kind of more of a concept than a location, but we have something called like the iLab, which is um, just basically an umbrella term for like new initiatives that, um, or new projects that are primarily, you know, digital first. Um, They might involve audio, they might not. And the idea is that we're kind of piloting things, piling in ideas. Some things may bubble up to make it on air, um, but that's certainly not, that's not the end goal. You know, we don't look at it as like, oh, if it's really good, it'll get on broadcast. Um, but we look at this as kind of like an incubation for all kinds of different projects. So we've had everything from like, um, you know, a, a, like a special project, like um, vertical about, you know, uh, young people um, kind of struggling after college, you know, to find work, you know, that incorporated like, you know, text and essays and visuals and audio. We've had new podcasts launched out of that, Um, all sorts of different partnerships, things like that. We did like a huge, like a huge mini site um, around the Whitey Bulger project, like out of the iLab. And so the idea is is just for us to be kind of experimenting in like all of our forms. So I would say that we are... um, you know, we do it. We we do quite a bit, like the the bulk of, of everything online. We also um, publish everything that's on our air mm-hmm. online as well. So we we handle a lot of content. Okay, for the size of our station. So how do you, how do you publish something from on the air? Do you do you write a text piece to go with it? Do you do a, a like do you write out a story? Do you, or is it just a, a sort of a placeholder of text with with a particular show or episode? That's a good question. It's kind of. Um, all of the above, you know, uh, so the last couple of years, the strategy had often been like, so there's a, a radio reporter who does a story for Morning Edition, let's say. Um, so we asked them to file some kind of script or a written version um, of their story, um, and that's uh, taken by a, a digital editor here and, and worked into um, a text story, for lack of a better word. Sometimes um, we publish just, just the audio with, um, you know, a headline and some, like, for lack of a better word, like show notes, things that go along with it. So that's important. Some, you know, sometimes some stories are, you know, are just really meant to be an audio, just like some stories are meant to be written. So 
so we kind of make some decisions, some case-by-case decisions. We publish every piece of audio, and we try and make sure that, like, every every piece of audio has something to accompany it just to make sure that it's, like, a fully formed, for lack of a better word, thing on the Internet, right? It needs to have mm-hmm. a headline, obviously, so people can find it, you know, for example, and people can share it. It needs a URL. Um, as part of the redesign, what, we're, what we want to do is just kind of like a um, – like an immersive audio experience, and so that that audio can kind of be um, much more broadcast style, much more like a Spotify experience or something like that, where it's like new stories are kind of like running through a stream. But but we do we do publish everything, and we do have you know uh, a small army of of editors who are working <laughs> with the content, you know, to make it um, to make it as fully formed as it can be. Yeah, I, I hear you. I I'm, I'm in that in that war as well. That you create so much audio content, you want to make sure that you you give it some. To space some space to breathe online, but then it's like, well, how much how much how much effort should I should I do for every you know every piece of audio? Is every piece of audio something that that's going to grow big or or that I need to write out or I need to you know make sure that everybody sees? And then on the other other side of it is, you know, sometimes it, it, it's a matter of resources of what you what you can and can't do, and 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 mix into that the whole invisibility of of audio, which is something we talked a lot about on this podcast about about just in general about dealing with audio. But you know, I deal with that. We deal with that all the time on, on the podcast. Is you know, do we write a long story? Do we just write a blurb? Do you know? Do we write something that you know pull a few quotes that that, that are going to get people in, in, you know intrigued and in both my day job and in the podcast i i don't i don't have a one size fits all answer for it because it seems to go depending a lot on on what the subject of the uh, of the the posting is whether it's you know it's who you interview and what the topic is no, I think that's oh my gosh, that's such a that's such an ongoing struggle for us because I mean I think it's like a rare, it's a rare person who wants to read a story and then like listen to the exact same version of the story in the same page. Like it's just that that use case I think is is small. Um, at the same time though, we feel compelled just because of the way the architecture of the internet <laughs> works right. is that like if we don't provide that, then uh, we're kind of obscuring the audio and like you know and we did we this definitely came up um, quite a bit in our session. It's just like the reality. Reality is, is that you need to have that the text and the imagery has to go along with it if you hope to get it surfaced. Um, right. You know, and I hope certainly, you know, and I think there's some interesting projects going out there in the world, you know, to try and make audio more transparent. You know, transcription, try and try and get those things out there so that it's more searchable and more findable. But like, and often it's just a it's a black box, and without doing that heavy lifting. You know, I think you're you're kind of, kind of confining your your audio to just you know live in obscurity. It's a daily kind of just like angst ridden thing that we we deal with quite a bit. And I think strategy wise, you know, the redesign was meant to address some of that to say that like you know let audio be free, let audio be audio, and like free us up from like kind of that tyranny of saying that every piece of audio must have like a fully written. Um, story to go along with it. We really think that that's like not a great use of re- resources. I'd rather have our editors and our writers writing and like our audio reporters, you know, reporting an audio and like, you know, those two things don't have to go in lockstep together. And we've got to find a way both technically and from a design perspective and like just a use case perspective to um, present that in content so that people can, and it kind of goes back to modes too, so that like if you're in a listening mode and you want to listen to that story, it's there. But if, you know, if you're in the you know, if you're in line somewhere, you're checking your email somewhere, you know, and you just want to scan something, um, you know, that we're providing that as well, too. And, you know, that's hard for, like, a smaller staff. Yeah, and, and, and I think res- it all really does hang on resources. We had uh, PJ Tobia on um, 
from PBS NewsHour, and he was talking about how, you know, all their shows, you know, audio and video up online, um, every episode is, is transcribed. Uh, the, the podcast he does, it's all transcribed. And, you know, it, it's if you've got the staff and you can do it, but, you know, it, you, you provide that content for people to read, you know, that helps you with your some of, some of your SEO and, and for people to find kind of the quotes and, the, and, and meat of, of what your interviews are. But then, you know, what's the what's the listening experience? Are there enough people who are still going to be interested in the audio to to, to warrant all of this thing? I, I, you know, I'm. I, I'm, I suspect that there's some threshold where you can get to where you can do all of these elements provided you have the resources and, and that they benefit of, off of each other. But but we don't all have that ability to do that. So it, right. comes, it comes down to choices. Well, and I also think that, um, you know, the experience, I mean, I think it's very important for like an archival perspective and like, you know, being on the record perspective. But from a, tra- you know, transcription is not that awesome of experience either you know what i mean no. like reading a speech or like reading a reading a podcast like i don't know if that would be <laughs> that would be awesome um you know maybe some some of them would um and so i think that's where i feel like it ha- we haven't quite found our footing yet in in terms of like what is um what is the best presentation in the best case absolutely i mean i think transcription is a real passion project for us because we want to make sure that um, what we're doing is accessible to people um, in all sorts of ways, you know, and that we and certainly want to be, like, you know, on the record with our reporting. Um, but, it, yeah, it becomes a thing where it's like, okay, we're doing this story literally in three different ways, right. you know, the same story. And that starts to get to, like, okay, is that the most efficient thing that we should be doing? Is that really serving the public and our audience? Um, so we, we have a lot of those conversations. Oh no. Yeah. We, we, we have them all the time. So what's, what's the timetable you, I think you said before that you're at the end of the beginning of, of this redesign <laughs> and yeah, I know. So it, it, it's going to take longer than you, than you can even imagine, but it, it, yeah. it'll be good when you get to the other side of it. What, what do you, what's sort of the current timetable? Yeah, so we want um, to be in some form of, like, a public beta that's accessible in the next, I would say the next month or so. Um, we've had a little bit of a resource setback, set um, so we've, we've got to kind of, like, recalibrate our timing on that. But, yeah, I, I would say certainly by the, by the end of the year that there will be something open and accessible. Um, the one thing I'm trying to frame to everybody is that, like, you know, redesign, you know, that's why the, the word is so, like, contentious because it's like, you know, you're never really done designing your site. You're never right. done working on your site. It's like an ongoing thing. Um, but we think we'll have the, the foundation, you know, I kind of like into it. It's like we've poured the concrete. We have this, like, wonderful foundation now, something that, like, looks great. And so, like, let, now we get to, like, kind of build upon it. So um, so I think we'll be, in, we, we'll be in that mode. And then over the couple of months, it will be, like, a real transition of all of our, um, of all of our properties um, in doing that. So by the end of the year is where I feel safe. <laughs> I think saying right now, um, if you're asking me today. Oh. Um, the site's certainly up and functional now. I think it's just like, are we ready to, you know, show our work? Now, when you when you say you're going to do a beta, is this is this just to sort of see how things go? Or are you going to be relying on feedback? I know when we did um, we did our redesign, we 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 created a a beta that we invited people to sort of test um, and troubleshoot for us, and that was kind of really helpful in our process. 
Absolutely. So that's like totally baked in. So like our initial phase um, that we're we're pretty close to is like what I've been calling kind of like a friends and family beta, which was um, will be kind of like invite only, where it'll be like small numbers of people where we're kind of soliciting feedback and get and um, working on that. And then the whole point really of the public beta is to kind of be out there and get feedback from our audience, from our users. You know, we've made certain bets and we've made a lot of assumptions. Um, and someone, I can't remember who said this to me, but it's just it really clarified things to me. It's like at launch date is the day that your users finally get to begin talking to you, and so that can't that has to be the beginning, not possibly the end of your work, right? Yeah. So it's like you know your launch is like finally when someone can say, oh yeah, that's a crazy idea, or I really like this, or I hate this. What are you thinking? Um, so so we want to. That's why we're kind of like a. I wouldn't say leisurely, but we want to give enough time for enough people to see it um, and give us feedback on it so then we can kind of react to that and incorporate that feedback um, back into the site. So we want to do some A-B testing, all of that, um, along with it. So that's, that's all been kind of baked into the plan. Yeah, we're, we're a few months from our, our redesign, and uh, we've already – I, don't know, I wouldn't say a major fix, but we 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 changed a couple of things um, just because in the early days of, of seeing how people were using the site, we decided, well, maybe we want to change the structure a little bit to to make certain aspects of the website or the the main page a little more accessible to sort of highlight some different content in a different way. And and we've seen you know it, we've seen improvement in in our traffic and, and the way people are accessing our stories, and it's also. You know, it, it's constantly sort of rethinking story placement and headlines and, and, and all this stuff. As you get more information, you, be, you begin to see how people use your site. And then, you know, then now we're at the point where, okay, we've got this sort of a preliminary data. Where do we go from here? How can we sort of, you know, build on this and, and take it to the next step? It's You know, you were talking about laying the concrete. It's, you know, we're kind of at the point where we're, okay, it's time to change the – I think we need to change these drapes and to repaint these walls to make it look a little look a bit little look a little better before we go on to the next room and the next project. Exactly, and that's and that's key to have a platform that's flexible enough to allow you to do that. That doesn't you know kind of tie your hands, and so you're like, oh, that'd be really cool, but we can't. Yeah. You know, the problem is that all these things are connected, right? And you pull one thread, and you might be you know affecting something else, and so it's it's. It's really, I think, critical. Yeah. Critical to do that. Yeah, WordPress is nice that there's some. If you need to a couple of little quick fixes, it's pretty good to quick fixes. But you do have to uh, you have to run it through the developers if you want to do anything a little more right. complex, right. Uh, so they can yeah. check everything else. Well, this has been this has been kind of great. I think I think we had a nice little discussion about uh, uh, some of the thinking that goes into uh, a, a very major thing in the uh, in in a news website's process is getting to that next generation of where you're going, going to the better to better frontier, I guess. <laughs> so, um, thanks for thanks for um, uh, talking to me. This has been great. Um, I, I hope to. If you, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll contact you every once in a while, and we'll, we'll sort of chat about different things. I'd love to get you. I'm sitting there in the back of my mind. The thing that I've been thinking about this last week is headlines. For some reason, I've been just like, uh, you know, is it SEO? Is it clickability? Is it does it need to be longer? Does it need to be shorter? And then then I start seeing these other headlines on other websites that just don't make sense to me, and it's it's driving me crazy. But um, that's, yeah, headlines. That's a that's a whole episode for sure. Yeah, headlines. Well, and like, what do you want people to do when they get there? When they click, right? You know. <laughs> do you want Do you want to make it searchable? Do you want to make it Do you want to make it clickable? Um, do you, Do you want to make BuzzFeed headlines? I don't know. I I, I need to get some, some sleep at some point. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for talking yeah. to me. You take care. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye bye. 
You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the changing state of digital news. Find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. Past episodes are also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. This week's It's All Journalism was produced by Michael O'Connell and Amber Healy. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening.